0: So I'm not going to keep you very long. I just want to go over... Oh, love you. you got to go to 4-H. He's a 4-H uh, state officer. He has a meeting at 1 o'clock. Don't drive too fast. And he has to be there until tomorrow evening. So be safe. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you have your Bibles. I'm going to go over a couple of things about thankfulness as we enter into this week of Thanksgiving. And... Um, then we're going to take communion together in a act of thanksgiving towards our Father. So First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9. And remember, we've been talking about these Israelite people. Um, and we probably by now are like, dude, why do not you just wake up? But I mean, we can obviously say that to ourselves, right? Brent just kind of laid out those covenants again right before um, we started this morning. And just a reminder, like... Like, this is on the table. This is yours. But oftentimes we just say, nope, don't want it. But it's ours, guys. And here he's he's reminding us again. Nor should we ever provoke the Lord. Remember, they were sent out into the wilderness to be tested. Instead, they did what? They tested God. As some of them did by putting him to outrageous tests that resulted in their death from snake bites day after day. Verse 10. And we must not embrace their ways by what? Complaining. (laughs) By complaining, grumbling with discontent, as many of them did, and were killed by the destroyer. How were they killed by the destroyer? Two words, grumbling and complaining. What's the opposite of that? What's this week? Gratitude, thanksgiving, right? That's a sign of life. Thanksgiving is a sign of life. All the tests they endured on their way through the wilderness are a symbolic picture and example that provides us with warning, so that we can learn through what they experienced. For we live in a time with the purpose of all the ages past is now completing its goal with where within us. So beware if you think it could never happen to you lest, you, lest your pride becomes your downfall. And so we want to grumble, we want to complain when things don't go our way. We want to grumble and complain. If you, if you don't work in a workplace with people... Row. That's like the number one hot spot for complaining, right? Not that, okay, I may not agree with everything, but I am thankful I got a job. I am thankful that my bills are being paid. I am thankful. There's so much we could be thankful for, but instead we want to pick apart everything, right? We want to pick it apart. We want to, um, you think about marriage, when people are married and they're just, praising one another, and they have this gratitude towards one another, and then the night after the honeymoon, they want to pick apart the other person and try to fix them. Boy, that was quiet. Sounded like we've been there before. Right? Grumbling, complaining. You know what begins to happen in a relationship when that begins to happen towards that other person? Separation. Right? Begins to take place because now all of a sudden I'm focusing on faults instead of being thankful for what I do have. You know what? Um, There may be, you know, you need to be thankful for what you do have. There is a lot of people out there who have no one, right? So be thankful for your wife or be thankful for your husband because there are people who do not have anyone who would give anything to have one more day with their husband, one more day with their wife, one more day, right? Be thankful for your kids. Parents, they're not in your way. I'm going to repeat that. They're not in your way. They're not to get you frustrated that I can't go do what I want to today because I have to deal with my kids. And just a pet peeve of mine, you don't have to stay home and babysit your kids. You're not a babysitter, you're a parent. Walks of life and every area of life I could name this morning where we grumble and we complain, but what happens is, is it led to death in the wilderness and it will lead to the death of relationships, to workplace, to all these things because the power is in the tongue, right? Blessings and cursings, James says, cannot come out of the same mouth, right? And so life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so we have to be very careful. And he's warning us here to remind us the grumbling and the complaining. Don't be like the Israelite people who grumbled and complained and they died in the wilderness, destroyed by the destroyer, right? And so Satan knows sometimes... We blame Satan because all he did, though, was give us one thought, and then we took it and run with it, right? He gave you one thought about your spouse, and guess what? Then you start running with it. You play it over and over in your mind, and it begins to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And before you know it, you're just ready to just pack your bags and leave. Sometimes we're we're our, our worst enemy. Because we're agreeing with the lie. And when you agree with the lie, it empowers the liar. So what we have to do is come into alignment with the thankfulness of who God is and what he's said about us and the truth in the word that says this is an established thing about you and this is who you are. This is what your this is what your spare this is what your marriage represents. It represents Christ in the church. You start laying your foundation on the word of God and saying, Yes, this is what I'm thankful for, right? First Corinthians eight three, go back a couple of chapters. In verse 3 it says this, <clears throat> But if a person passionately loves God, he'll possess the knowledge of God. That word love there, if a person is passionately loves God, the word love there, listen to this, this is what that means there. Because in our English language, some of the things get get kind of messed up or, or we don't get the full language of what, is in, what was intended there. But this word love here is, 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 means this, all field reverence, prompt obedience, gratitude that is grateful recognition of His blessings. So the one who is saying here who loves God and possesses the knowledge of God, the one who loves God is the one that is filled with this all-filled reverence. This is, oh man, I'm just caught in His presence, right? And then that prompt obedience and my yes is on the table because I am so all-filled right now, right? Right? And that my yes is on this table. And in that, I am always in this forever grateful attitude, a grateful recognition of all His blessings. Because I know that all good gifts are flowing from the Father down to me. Right? That all these good gifts, that I can't claim any of them, that I can't say, oh, it's me, so that I can boast. Right? I can't say... Well, it's me that's making the money so I can spend it however I want to. Who blessed you with the job? Well, I did. I got the smarts. Who blessed you with the smarts? And we can keep going, that argument, but at the end of the day, he gave it to you. Right? And so we can can either choose to acknowledge or we can choose to be on our own. And the one who loves God is going to be in that forever gratitude towards the Father every day of his life. This concept of thankfulness in the Old Testament, over a hundred times the Hebrew word yadah is mentioned in the Old Testament. Which means this, the ultimate expression of praise to confess and acknowledge who he is. So it wasn't just... It wasn't just... what he's done for you it wasn't about just oh he did that for me so i'm gonna be thankful yes we do that we're thankful for what he's done he has um established things in our past so we can go back and say yeah i remember when god did this and i remember when he brought me through this and that is all good but it is saying here it is also just directly tied to who he is right a lot of times whenever we take you through prayers where we're trying to get you into that realm of that heavenly realm a lot of times this is how I start out at home by myself. I just begin to acknowledge Him. I just begin to thank Him for who He is. I don't even start focusing on He's done this, He's done this, He's done that. I'm just thankful and start praising Him for who He is. And sometimes when I begin to do that, all of a sudden I'm carried off in with Him. I'm just swept away with Him. And no longer is it even me having to be even thoughtful in my thoughts towards Him or ask Him for anything or anything else because all of a sudden He has just swept me away and taken me to the places that He wants me to see and the things He wants me to hear. All because I'm just acknowledging Him of who He is. Being thankful for who He is. It goes back to that same passage in 1 Corinthians 8, verse 3. that That grateful recognition of who He is, it is tied to who He is. Now, the New Testament i said that's all in the old testament new testament continues this and that's what i want to just go over a few verses real quick before we take communion together the new testament concept continues look at luke chapter 9 this is something we're very familiar with but a lot of times we read the story so quickly we look over it luke chapter 9 the story of the loaves and the fish something that we all know but in verse 15, this is what he says. <clears desaf Caroant> After everyone was seated, and we've talked about that before, and I think even Damon's on that right now, but everyone was seated. I remember whenever we were going, if you remember, if you were here from the very beginning, we would be sitting in Brent's living room on a Sunday morning, and he was talking to us about rest. Because we just came from an atmosphere that we work, 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 work. And we were tired. And he was talking to us about rest. And so then we had to figure out what does rest mean, because we had to figure out, does that mean we just be lazy, we don't do anything? Does that mean we just we just sit like this from now on, sing Kumbaya? What, what does that mean? What does rest mean, right? Um, And so, um, one day we hit this passage and we said, look at this, you know, and I think it's pretty cool that Damon is now pointing that out, um, that God gave us that revelation when we were sitting in Brent's living room. It's an awesome, awesome thing. But this is the part I want I want us to look at that I think sometimes we overlook after everyone was seated, Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and he gazing into the what heavenly realm. He gave what? Thanks. Looking into the heavenly realm, why? He's not looking at what's already been done yet, because they can't see nothing but just a couple of fish and a few loaves. And the situation in the room—I mean, in the, the atmosphere—was this: Where are we gonna get all the money to go buy this? We see a situation that looks like it can't be handled. Jesus looks into the heavenlies at the provider of all things, Papa, and says, oh, I see it. It's all at your table. Sees into the heavenly realms and says, thank you. Thank you. And in that place of thanks, what happens? He breaks it and it's multiplied. It's multiplied. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. Alright, resist revenge, make sure that no one pays back evil in place of evil, but always pursue doing what is beautiful to one another and to all the unbelievers. Let, what? Joy. Be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer, and in the midst of everything. And how much? All things, everything, every situation. It didn't say, for all things. Now watch what I'm saying. In the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. It didn't say be thankful for that car wreck. But in the midst of the car wreck, I can be so thankful for my God. In the midst of the situation and relationship that looks like it's separated and severed, I still have my Father who says, I will never leave you as an orphan. I am always with you. You are not alone even though I feel alone. I am not thankful for the evil that the devil causes on this earth, but I am thankful that my God is turning it all together for good. You see what I'm saying? So he's saying, yes, some bad things may happen, but I'm telling you, if in every situation of life you can understand how to give thanks in the middle of your trial, it's going to work out for your good. Be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect... Now listen to this word, plan. He's working all things together, that plan, for your good. For you in Christ Jesus. Never, ever restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. How could we do that? According to what we just read, and then he's tying this verse to that. And it says, what? Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. So in the midst of all situations, even in the difficult times, how could we put out the fire of the Holy Spirit? What did he warn us in First Corinthians? "Do not be like the Israelites." What? Grumbling and complaining. Don't be one who scorns prophecies, but the faithful to examine them by putting them to the test and afterward to hold tightly to what is proven to be right. Talking about words. Avoid every appearance of evil. So in other words, he's tying all this in, in the middle of it, he's talking about what? Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Because it leads to the road of life. Look at Colossians. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3. Pages will to stick together today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ live where? In you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. How much? All, apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the Psalms, with festive praises and prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your what? Hearts. Let how many activities? Every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring your constant what? What? Praise to God the Father because what Christ has done for you. So far, what we've seen is, it's very important that what comes out of your mouth, right? That it can lead to life or it can lead to death. What we've also seen is, he says, be always in every situation and all walks of life. Give constant, what? Praise and thanksgiving. This is not a day that we celebrate in November. This is every day of the life of a believer, right? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. So be very careful how you live, not being like those who understand it with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for we're living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for His purposes and don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. Don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit and your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord. Now, we just read previously how we can stifle the Holy Spirit with grumbling and complaining, right? But he says here, again, tying the overflow of Holy Spirit with what's coming out of your mouth. Look at that. But be filled continually with the Holy Spirit, and your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord. Keep speaking to each other with words of Scripture, singing psalms with praises, spontaneous songs given by the Spirit, and always, how often? Always give thanks to Father God for every person he brings into your life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See how he continues to tie the thanksgiving with life and abundance and overflow and Holy Spirit. Thankfulness is a weapon of warfare in the kingdom realm. Did you hear what I said? Thankfulness is a weapon of warfare in the kingdom realm. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 verse 16. Holding out the words of eternal life, I haven't labored among you for nothing. For your lives are the fruit of my ministry. And will be my glorious boast in the unveiling of Christ. But I will rejoice even if my life is poured out like a liquid offering to God on your sacrificial surrendered lives of faith. So no matter what happens to me, you should rejoice in ecstatic celebration with me. Paul was saying in the face of anything, I'm going to continue to do what? Rejoice, be glad, praise, give thanks. He says, even if I'm being poured out like an offering, which means he's just pouring out his life, right? Some people believe this is when he was getting ready. And he knew that he was about to be martyred. In the face of that, he says, I'm being what? Joyful, thankful, giving praise, and all those things because I'm bringing what? Life, 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 right? Um, Look at um, chapter 4, same same book. Chapter 4, verse 4. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in how many seasons? Every season of life, let your joy overflow and let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing what? gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. And then God's wonderful peace that transitions human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic, real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, and holy, merciful, and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him how often. Always Put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me or seen in my life. The God of peace will be with you in all things. He says, in all that, and you're giving thanks. What kind of, what kind of um, head and atmosphere are you going to carry? It's the last thing he said. And the God of peace will be with you in how many things? Yes, even in the circumstance that you're going through that you do not understand. You can have peace. You can have it. Peace that transcends all understanding. Peace that guards your heart in the midst of a circumstance. He'll guard you with thankfulness. First Timothy chapter 4. Verse 1. The Holy Spirit is explicitly revealed at the end of this age. Many will depart from the true faith one after another, devoting themselves to spirit of deceptions, following demon-inspired revelations, theories. Hypocritical liars will deceive many. Their conscience won't bother them at all. They will require celibacy and dietary restrictions that God doesn't expect. For He created all foods to be received with the celebration of what? Faith by those who fully know the truth. So he's saying, when you eat anything, know the truth. And here's the truth. We know that all creation is beautiful to God and there is nothing to be refused if it is received, uh, what? With gratitude. How often are we eating things and we're not thinking nothing else about it? We just want it and we throw it in our mouth. Right? (laughs) Don't we? We just, whatever. People got candy on their desk at work. Throw it in there. Drink here, there. Some people say soft drinks bad for you. Some people say diet drinks is bad for you. Some people say this. Some people say that. Some people say this. Regardless, whatever they're saying, I'm saying the Bible is saying. What are you doing before you're partaking of anything? He's not saying what is the world calling bad. He's saying, what are you doing with what you're putting in? How are you receiving it? Right? Do you see that? We know that all creation is beautiful. There is nothing to be refused if, if. That's a key word, right? Because I've heard people walk around all the time saying, well, I mean, I could just eat anything. We go back to Mark 16. Well, the Bible says I could eat poison and it won't hurt me. Right? What does this say? If, there's a key word there. If it is received, what? With gratitude. All that we eat is made sacred by what? Not because you thought it was. What does it say? What does it say? Everybody, see it? All that we eat is made sacred by the word of God and prayer. If you will teach the believers these things, you will be known as a faithful, good minister of Jesus, the anointed one. Nurture others in the living words of faith and in the knowledge of grace with which you were taught, be quick to abstain from senseless traditions and legends, but instead be engaged in training of truth that brings righteousness. What is he saying in all these things? I have the power by my gratitude. Something happens in the kingdom realm that no matter if it was what the enemy was meaning for harm, in my thankfulness, God is turning it for what? My good. I want you to see in all those verses that we read prior to this, we were talking about it was connected to situations in life that in all things give thanks and in all things is going to release the power of the Holy Spirit and all these things you're going to be able to have peace that transcends understanding in times that are dark in times that are, you don't understand and times that you're like, where is God? How do you release the overflow of life in those situations? Thankfulness. Not thankful that that bad thing happened, but thankful that he is working it together for good. That even in my food, I can do that, right? And that's the example he's given us here. Now look at what he says. That makes it clean. What makes it clean? The gratitude is what makes it clean. Everybody sees that? The gratitude is what makes it clean. Now look at what 1 Corinthians says. Let's go back to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is the last one. I'm going to bring all this back together home. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul's talking about communion. In verse twenty. 23, I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. The same night in which he was handed over, he took bread and did what? And gave thanks. Then he distributed it sound just like the loaves and the fish, don't it? Then he distributed it to the disciples and said, "Take it, eat for your fill. It is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me." He did the same with the cup of wine after supper and said, "This cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it, and whenever you drink it to the, this, do it to remember me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. For this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in the wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonoring the body and the blood of the Lord. So let each individual first evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and drink the cup. For continually eating and drinking with a wrong spirit will bring judgment upon yourself by not recognizing the body. This insensitivity is why many of you are, listen, weak, chronically ill, and some even dying. If we have examined ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, it is the Lord's training so that we will not be condemned along with the world. What's he saying? We have, through communion, the ability to say sickness be gone. That we can, I take it even as dead can be raised because he says many have died. What's the opposite of that? Let's raise them up to new life. What's he saying? Give thanks and remember what? What I've done. When you're participating in this, you're participating in my body, which was broken for you, my stripes that are healed you. You're participating in my blood, My blood covers all iniquity. My blood covers all those bad things. The blood covers you and makes you whole. Right? All cleansed. Right? Not just snow-covered dung. Cleansed. Inside and out. The blood is speaking a better word. It's not speaking death. It's speaking life. And he says, whenever you are doing this... In thankfulness, in what? Thankfulness. Now, here's, here's where I want you to see this. This word, thanks, that we just read, it says, in the same night which he was over, he took bread and gave thanks. This is the Greek word here for thanks. Eucharistia. I was trying to make sure I pronounced it right. Eucharistia, which is where we get the word Eucharist. So, when taking communion, it became known... And if you've ever studied that kind of thing, you know that they relate the word communion with the Eucharist. Well, that's where they get that from is this word right here where it says, and he gave thanks. Thanks is tied to the word hysteria, which so when we take communion, it is not only just remembering what he did, but in an act of thanksgiving, giving ourselves over into him. Or we are one together. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a very beautiful thing. So I am out of an attitude of gratitude, right, thanking him not only for the body, but for the blood and this new relationship that I have with him. In that, what happens? Healing flows. We're talking about sozo, the whole person, right? Mind, body, soul, and spirit. What begins to flow in that? Thanksgiving. Healing begins to flow. Sozo begins to flow. Life begins to flow to these mortal bodies, Paul says. Life begins to flow. Out of what? Receiving with gratitude. So we're going to take some time today. We're going to do a little different. Instead of passing out the cups, we're going to have it here, and uh, we're going to put on some light music, and um, we're going to just do it a little different. I want you to come up as families, and so, of course, try to watch the children when we come up here, because don't want them to knock it over, but I want you to bring your children with you, and I want you to, everyone, get a piece of bread, and then pour Enough for everybody in your group. And then I'd like for you to, once you get that, walk off, be alone for a minute. That way it'll give time for somebody else to come up here and fix theirs. But when you go off in a time of being alone, this is what I want you to do. First, I want you to tell one another why you're thankful for one another. The next thing I want you to do is, why are we thanking God in this situation? And remembering the body and the blood together then partake of it, okay? So what we are going to do? Come up here, take it. You can go over here, you can go over here. We've got all this space over here. Wherever you want to go with your family, we're going to say why we're thankful for one another because that releases life. We're going to say why we're thankful for Him. We're going to be thankful for the body, thankful for the blood, okay? So I'm going to pray, and then as you feel, and here's the thing too. What if you're here by yourself? I want you to join up with a family. So like Katie B., get with Brenton now. That's your family anyway, right? Family in the Lord. And and so on. Brenton, you get with somebody. Tater, everybody that's, maybe you don't have a spouse or you don't have a family, get with somebody so that we are all together at least doing it with two or more, right? All right, so let me pray, and then we're just going to begin to come and make our way. Father, you are a good, good Father. We thank you for your word that washes over us and makes us clean. We thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you for by your stripes we are already healed, delivered, set free. We thank you for your blood, this new covenant. that We now have access to you. Access to all the things of you. In the heavenless. That when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed and we see all it's like a new world. Thank you for your blood. Covers us, washes us, makes us whole. Complete in you. Father, I pray for a blessing on each and every person here that as we do this today, and that when we walk out of this place, I'm believing. That where you, sitting in this room, where you may have an ailment, where you may have a weakness, where you may have something that is broken and not bringing life, I believe is going to be made whole in this moment this morning. We're going to be able to leave this place whole people going reviving other people in your wholeness. The heart of gratitude, heart of thanks, heart of praise, not only for what you've done,